0: going to beat around the bush uh, today. Uh, If I can get some water up here, please. So last week I started talking about going and God will be with you. This is a a message that the Lord laid on my heart, uh, just not necessarily pertaining to Uh, the predicament that we have found ourselves in over a year now, but just in general. And I really felt like the Holy Spirit just moved on me to start sharing last week and then finishing up today that we should go and God would be with us, that we should go according to what is what seems good in our heart, in our life. Now last week uh, I started uh, with with the idea that, you know, this message is going to mean different things uh, for different people. Because when we look at the term going, all of us has different interpretations, different desires, different things that this means to us. For some of you, it would be very applicable to the circumstance that we are in, the COVID circumstance, uh, that in spite of what we have been feeling and experiencing that it could mean that, all right, it's time for you to go, to start doing. For some of us, it could mean a a desire, a dream that that we've had in our heart. But for whatever reason, it's been laying dormant. For whatever reason, we have not uh, pursued it. For some of you, it could mean a mission, a purpose, a sense of God calling you. Whatever it might be, and those are just a, a couple few examples. I want to finish this up today, but I want to start off by just reiterating what I felt like the Lord was speaking to me to tell you, and that is simply go. God will be with you. Do not allow fear. Do not allow circumstances. Do not allow people do not allow a sickness. Do not allow an insecurity to stop you from going. Go, God would be with you. Now, we had a lot of examples up here uh, last week. Uh, what all do we have? We, we had some sporting gear uh, last week, we had a barbecue grill, we had a stack of books that represented education. Uh, we had uh, 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 a big portrait of, of of some mountains and a, and, and a road. We had uh, oh some tools. We had a tool bag. And it represented all these things that could pertain to us and our personal circumstance to go and do, go and be. It's important for us to realize that If we choose to stay stagnant, if we choose to be still and not go, what we find ourselves in is in a position of unhappiness and in a position of unhealthiness. Now, these are a few things that I brought out last week, but I just wanted to reiterate, and then we're going to jump into Moses' life. Some of us are dealing with unhappiness and or unhealthiness, And it's simply because we have chosen not to go. We have chosen not to be. We have chosen not to experience. We have chosen not to allow God to work in our life. We have allowed too many circumstances to keep us from going. And the result has become unhealthiness and unhappiness. You don't maintain happiness when you don't go. You you, you don't maintain healthiness when you don't go. Because we are created in the image and the likeness of God. And God is always a going God. He goes. He progresses. He produces. He creates. And we are made made in that same design, in that same way. And so we too are to go. Now, to really dig dig deep in that, and if you wasn't here last week, and I know a a decent amount of you was not, I'd encourage you, go to our Facebook page, go to our YouTube page, and listen to that message uh, from last week, and then you'll be able to tie it into actually what I'm going to be getting into today. So today, we're going to be talking about Moses. Moses, very, very interesting individual in Scripture. We're going to look at a couple of areas of his life. And we're going to look at the area of his life based off of God using him according to really who he really was. And we're going to look at an area in his life where he kind of jumped the gun. And yes, he did something, but he did it out of time and he did it out of wisdom. It's important that we grab the truth of going and doing But it's just as important that we grab the truth of going in proper time and going in proper wisdom. Because if we go, but yet the time isn't in a line, or if the wisdom isn't correct, then we end up shooting ourselves in the foot. So we're going to get there. But first of all, let's just look at Moses himself and and, and really what he was uh, just naturally uh, in his life. So... Moses was being himself, and when you really look at who he was as a person, you see the correlation with how God called him. And God really called him based off of who he was as an individual. God didn't call him outside of his characteristics. So what does that mean for us in the context of this message? When we go, it is very important that we go in the structure of how we're created, It's when we move, function, work, live outside of our own structure. It's when we find ourselves getting in trouble and find ourselves even failing and not being successful at whatever it is that we want to do. And I find it so interesting how God called Moses in line with who he was. Well, who was he? Let's look at who he was. Well, first of all, let's see who he was called to be. He was called to be a deliverer. He was called to set his people free. God visited him uh, in in the wilderness when he was about 80 years old and said, Moses, I want you to go set my people free. So he was called to deliver his people. But I want us to look a little bit deeper into his heart and his soul, because what you really see is how he was already a deliverer by heart before he was even called to be a deliverer. So there's a couple instances uh, when, you really, when, when you look into it. Probably more when you really dig into his life, but I'm just going to share two of them. So the first one is, is when it came to Moses seeing an Egyptian soldier or worker beating one of his fellow Hebrews. So Moses was out and about amongst The people amongst the Israelites, they were working as slaves underneath Pharaoh in Egypt. And Moses just happened to see one of the Egyptian leaders just abusing, beating down one of his fellow brothers. And that didn't strike right with Moses. It just didn't settle with him. And so something on the inside, his heart, his soul, his character, who he was created to be, what he was created to be, rose up. And the Bible says that he struck the Egyptian and he killed him. What really happened here? What happened behind what we read or read that happened? What really happened is the true characteristics of Moses came forth. It was in his heart to be a deliverer. It was in his structure to establish justice or to maintain justice. It was who he was to rise up for his people. At this point, God had not called him to be a deliverer. At this point, God did not say, Moses, I want you to free my people. At this point, as far as what we know, he was just the son of Pharaoh and the son of a Hebrew family. But yet in him was a deliverer. In him was a person who just had a natural tendency to set people free. Another instance that we see this operating And Moses is when he first met his wife. So after he killed the Egyptian, he found out that Pharaoh wanted him dead. So he fled into the wilderness, and he came into Midian. And when he came into Midian, there was a couple females gathering water. And there was a group of shepherds that came in. And the group of shepherds began to harass these two women. Again, something didn't settle right in the heart of Moses. Moses didn't know these women. Moses didn't have any kind of connection with these women. But yet these women was being treated unjustly. And something inside of him rose up. His character rose up. His heart rose up. His soul, it rose up. Who he was designed and created to be rose up. He wasn't called to be a deliverer at this point. He was not called to free his people. But what in what was in him was coming out of him. And what was in him was to deliver people, was to help people in a time of need. And the Bible says that he confronted the shepherds And he chased them away. And he created an opportunity for these women to gather water. And it just so happened that one of the ladies that he helped rescue or deliver became his wife. If you want to get a wife, just go deliver a woman. (laughs) Changes everything. Changes everything. So what we see right here is we see Moses' character coming out of him. Before he was called to be a deliverer, he was already a deliverer. Before God said, Moses, I want you to free my people, he already had it in his heart to free people. It's very interesting when you, you, you look at Moses' just natural ways and then consider what he was called to do. He was called according to who he was. Now let me ask you, who are you? The big question amongst many people's lives is, what can I do for God? What should I do for God? What has God called me to? That's not the first question. The first question you should ask yourself is, who am I? What comes natural to me? What is in my heart? When the moment calls for it, just rises up out of me. If you can realize and find out what just naturally rises up out of you when the moment is called for, you can find, you can get your first step into finding what you need to go and do. You're a little quiet on that. Let's look at a couple of things deeper in, into his soul. Risk did not stop him. Risk and, and, and being an underdog was not a problem for him. So when he struck the Egyptian and killed him, the odds was totally against him. He was attacking, number one, an Egyptian. Number two, a worker of Pharaoh. Number three, a leader But yet, he was okay with this risk. He was an underdog, and he went for it anyway. When he went to deliver the the, the ladies, the odds was against him because there was a group of shepherds, and it was only him. And when he went to help the ladies, he actually forced a group of shepherds uh, away. He took on the risk. He embraced being the underdog. And what do we see coming forth in his life when God called him the same exact thing? He took on a risk as a fugitive when he went back to Pharaoh. He was a fugitive. He had killed one of theirs, but he went back to them. He took on a risk And he embraced the fact that he was an underdog when he stood up in Pharaoh's courts as one man and said, let my people go. But yes, he was called to do this, but this was already in him. Because he did it when he struck the first Egyptian and he did it when he chased the shepherds away from the from the water from the well. This was in him to rise up and not shrink down from risk. Something else that we see in him is a heart for justice. There was an injustice occurring when his fellow Hebrew was being abused. There was an injustice occurring when the women was not allowed to receive water, there was an injustice occurring when his fellow people was being slaves and being abused, and God used his heart for justice and his heart to fight injustice as a way to say Moses I want you to go set my people free. So when you really look at it, when God called Moses, he called Moses Moses to what he was or who he already was. Moses already was a deliverer. God just used his ability or his heart to deliver. Moses was already a risk taker and didn't mind being an underdog and God just used that heart. To say to Pharaoh, let my people go. Moses already had a heart for justice when God wanted him to justify his people by taking them to the promised land. So you see, God used who and what Moses already was when he called them. And I want to say the same goes for us today. God will use who you are, and God will use what you are, as long as you allow God to use who you are and what you are. But I want to give you a side note. Even though Moses was confident in these ways, even though he was secure in these three things that we just mentioned, there was an area of insecurity. His area of insecurity was his words, his speech, his verbiage. What does this say to us? God will use our heart but he will not always use our hearts in a situation that we are confident in. But he will use who we are in a situation that still requires us to lean on him. Because if it was all about us, where's the glory in that? If it's all about us, our gifts and our talents, then where is the the, the supernatural in that? But God, so there has to be a marriage of what we are confident in, but yet where we need faith in. And a perfect New Testament example is Peter walking on water. Peter was confident in the sea, but he was inconfident on walking on water. But even though he was confident in the sea, God called him into a place in the sea to where there was insecurities. And you might be confident in an area in your life and God might just call you deeper into that area of confidence to where there is insecurities. So you can lean on him and he can produce a miracle in your life. Who are you? Look at someone and say, who are you? Look at somebody else. Ask them, who are you? Have you been... Thank you, Lord. Have you been covering yourself up? Oftentimes we cover ourselves up. Adam and Eve covered themselves up. They was ashamed of who they were. Peter covered himself up when Jesus was on the shore and they was in the boat. And, I, I, you know, I mentioned this here a few weeks ago. And, 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 and uh, Jesus basically said, hey, I got some fish. I got breakfast for you. And John, the apostles, told Peter, hey, that's the Lord. First thing that Peter did is he's covered himself up because he was ashamed of who he was. This was right after the moment that Peter denied Christ. And so the Bible says that he had his outer garment off and he put his outer garment on. And it's a metaphor, it's a representation that before he got to Christ, he was ashamed of who he was, and so he covered himself up. So oftentimes we are ashamed of who we are. And that can be applied in the context of, of right and wrong. It can be applied in the context that, that, that we don't meet a status quo. We don't look like the popular ones. We don't drive the, the latest vehicle. We don't talk like the educated ones. We don't have enough money like people across town has. So whatever the case might be, oftentimes we don't really go to God, not because we don't want to go to God, just simply because we are ashamed of who we are. Moses, Peter. Adam and Eve all had moments of insecurity, all had moments of ashamed of who they are or what they had to offer, and every single one of them had to get over of who and what they were ashamed of to embrace who they really were in Christ. Look at someone and say, I need to go. What's really in your heart? What's in your heart? Do you really know what's in your heart? Do you really know who you are? Have you covered yourself up so many years because your family said you couldn't do this, because society said you couldn't do this, because people would laugh at you if you looked this way? Do you even know who you are? Have you been trying to live based off of social media for so many years now that you've lost yourself? Have you been trying to please somebody else for so many years that you've lost yourself? Have you not been willing just to be yourself because maybe you're a little weird or you're a little odd or you do things a little bit different? Welcome to being weird. It's okay. It's okay if you're off. It's okay if you're odd. It's okay if you're different. It's okay. Do you really know who you are? Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Examine what you're capable of. Examine what, you're do- what you've done that went okay, that went good, that was natural, that maybe wasn't okay, that wasn't natural, that wasn't good. Ask some people in your life that you can trust that'll shoot straight with you. Be willing to experiment. Be willing to walk on the water. Be willing to go to the pharaohs in your life and say, let my people go. Be willing to take the pre made facades off like Adam and Eve. They made they made coverings for themselves. God didn't want them in their coverings. God wanted them naked. Be willing to go to God absolutely naked. Look at someone and say, get naked. naked. You cannot say that without laughing and smiling, can you? (laughs) I'm not even gonna go there, Angie. We need a shirt that says Westside hashtag get naked. I would wear it. I would wear it. Because then when they ask me what that means, I would first say, no, we're not a nudist church. We're not following in the steps of Adam and Eve. We're coming to the Lord as we are. Because I'm called to go and be who he's created me to be, amen? Husbands, when you get home, you can tell your wives, get naked. The pastor said so. Uh, (laughs) All right, I'm going to move on, okay? Uh, (laughs) I'm just going to move on. (laughs) Yep, Lord, let me get back on track. Let me get back on track. Let me take a drink of water. I need something stronger, but I'm just going to drink water. So Moses went about his calling, really his heart. I can't say calling. This was way prior, 40 years prior to his calling. He went about his heart the wrong way. And oftentimes, this is a major mistake that we all make. Going about who we are, what we want, visions, dreams, and desires the wrong way. We all have issues with patience we all want things now and let's just be honest sometimes in the process of doing and being and going we get ahead of God or we get ahead of ourselves or we exercise the wrong timing and this was exactly Moses did this he did this when he killed the Egyptian rising up and helping his, his fellow Hebrew was not wrong. And really his timing wasn't wrong. But how he went about it was wrong. He struck and killed an Egyptian soldier. So what really happened is he got very emotional, he got very stirred up, he got on fire, in the moment. And he made a stupid choice. Doug, man, I don't know about you, but that, that's like, I can like see myself in the mirror saying that. Got emotional, got riled up, and got lost in the moment, and threw my wisdom out the door. Anybody been there, done that, bought the t-shirt? And his timing was totally off. He missed the mark. He didn't miss his calling. He didn't miss who he was. And he didn't miss the need of helping somebody. The timing was right. The way about it is what was wrong. See, he didn't have to kill the Egyptian. He was the son of Pharaoh. Adopted, of course, but a son of Pharaoh. He could have stepped in, had a conversation. He could have stepped in, settled down the circumstance. He could have stepped in and just applied wisdom as opposed to getting all emotional, caught up in the moment, and exercising foolish even in the right time. It's important that we do not get fooled into being who we are in the wrong way or in the wrong time. Sometimes it's very hard to separate right desires and wrong desires when we don't have a guideline of what's right or wrong. Now, when we have a guideline of what's right and wrong, in context, biblical right and wrongs, It's easy. You know what to do. You you know what not to do. But let's just say what we're doing and what we're pursuing has nothing to do with right and wrong. It's who we are. It's what God has put in our hearts and we are just going. Sometimes it's hard to figure out the timing or the way about that because desire can cloud it all up. Am am, Am I making sense? And it's extremely important for us to exercise two things. Sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and knowing the mind of God concerning a matter. The mind of God being wisdom. I've, I've said this to many people, and I've said this numerous times in this, on this platform. In my life, I apply wisdom. As my standard. But when the Holy Spirit leads me, I'm willing to throw wisdom out the window and walk on water. I I choose wisdom over walking on water. Because that's that's my daily habit. Walking on water is the exception to the rule. So what does the Bible teach us that the world was built off of? The Bible teaches us in Proverbs that the world was built off of three things, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, not the application or the process of signs and wonders, miracles, or walking on water. Those are all exceptions to the rule. So we have to get wisdom down. We have to understand a matter. And we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in that matter. And we apply wisdom to our circumstance but have an ear that hears God. Because Moses said, I mean, excuse me, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, if that's you, call me out. And Jesus said, come, Peter heard the voice of the shepherd, and when Peter heard the voice of the shepherd, he took a step out of the boat and he walked on water. So we have to know wisdom and we have to have an ear that recognizes the voice of the shepherd. We apply wisdom to what we go, to what we do, to who we are, but we have the ability to hear God when he says, let's produce a miracle today, boy or girl. Amen? A rule of thumb is wisdom, but there are exceptions to the rule, and those are miracles in your life, and we have to embrace both. Yeah, that's right. hmm. We all have a place to go, every single one of us. Some of us will choose it, some of us will not. If we choose it, I want to encourage you to first seek wisdom. Second, develop an ear that hears God. Give you a little example. Like I said last week, I bring you into my life a little bit. So I recently ordered a new guitar. Had some Had some extra money come in. No, it's not COVID money, by the way. That's already spent. Man, that was on bills and needs. But I had some extra money come in. And I know there's going to be some more extra money coming in. So I recently just ordered me a new guitar. Last week, I told you I started playing music again. So in my heart, I knew it was the right thing to do. Now, my wife might disagree a little bit. We had our conversations about this. But in my heart, I knew it was the right thing to do. Take this extra money, order me the, the guitars. one. Well, guess what you need with the guitar? You need an amp. Oh, my wife is already shaking her head. Well, I know more money going to, some more extra money is going to be coming in. But I know... In my heart, I know in my mind beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm not to take that extra money and buy that amp. I already know where that money needs to go. So I have two instances. I have had two moments. Extra money is coming in. I could buy both things. One of them, I felt totally at peace with. I had an okay in my spirit. I knew it was the right thing for me to do. The other thing, even though I could have done it, or I could do it when, 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 when that happens, I know. I, I just know that I know that I know it's not the right time. Knowing the difference of going and not going knowing the difference between wisdom and foolishness, knowing the difference between the peace of God and the unsettledness of the Holy Spirit when He disrupts your spirit when you're about to do something. Am I making sense? It's so, so, so imperative in your life when it comes to us going and doing something that the Lord has put in our heart or that is just who we are, as a person created in the image and the likeness of God. It makes all the difference in the world. Now, let me give you some. What time is it? Oh, I don't have my watch today. Eleven thirty. Oh man. Let me see here. I got. I got. I got two more sections. Woo! I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna throw them at you. Let Let me just end with. Uh, There are some ways that we can stop ourselves. I'm going to breeze through these really fast. In fact, the worship team can go ahead and come up. So, when it comes to going, we are usually our worst hindrance. So, here's a few things that can stop us from going simply not doing. Not pushing through. Not pushing through maybe insecurities. Not pushing through doing something different. Not pushing through risk. Not pushing through what other people say, what other people think. Just not doing. Or not being good with delayed gratitude. Or gratification, excuse me. So just simply not doing is the number one thing that stops us. Another thing is unhealthy lifestyle choices. That can be the food you eat, the people you hang out with, the activities that you do or do not participate in. That can be the substances that you, that you consume. That can be what you view or don't view uh, in some type of media-based platform. Unhealthy lifestyles can stop you from going and doing just as quick as anything else. An unhealthy lifestyle, can. It, it may not hurt you physically, but maybe it hurts you mentally. Maybe an unhealthy choice isn't messing you up mentally, but it's, it's messing you up physically. Maybe your diet isn't in order. And because your diet isn't in order, you might be carrying too much weight. You might not have enough energy. You might not be able to function as God created your body to function. And so you cannot do according to what God has put in your heart because of some unhealthy choices that you have made a habit of in your life. We can't get mad at God when we are the reason for us not doing. Can you just breathe a little bit, please? A third one, watching TV and social media. I don't want to get on on a soapbox with this one, but. I'm sick and tired of seeing people becoming gratified, looking at other people's life and so ungratified with their own life. Thank you, Matt, I will. I'm sick and tired of seeing people gratified by what they see in other people's lives, but being so ungratified with their own lives always watching what somebody else is doing, always paying attention to what someone else is showing, always having to read what somebody else is saying, but not doing anything ourselves, not being who we are, watching too much TV. We have 24 hours in a day Let's just look at it roughly, there's a little tweaks here. Eight hours to sleep, eight hours to work, eight hours to take care of your personal business. That personal business can be your health, can be your pleasure, can be your body, can be your family, can be your possessions. Eight hours. Why should we take up those eight hours with four to six hours of looking at a screen. The average screen watch today, it it, depending on who you are, it's like six to eight hours. Oh my God. Why? We're throwing our lives away. In a rough estimate, we have eight hours to do something fun. Eight hours to do something great. Eight hours to be something awesome. Eight hours to build something. Eight hours to cook something. Eight hours to learn something. Eight hours to help somebody. Why throw it away at a screen? Eight hours to hang with our family. Eight hours to play with our kids. Eight hours to clean our house up. Eight hours to develop a new skill set to experience something different in our life. Which that leads me into the last thing I have typed about stopping ourselves is stupid excuses. Stop using a stupid excuse for not going. I don't have time to go. Now, some of you legitimately don't have time. We've talked story about you working double and even triple shifts. You got to sleep, but that's not everybody. And that is not most people all the time. Let's stop using time as an excuse. I don't have time. And we got time to look at a stupid device. Oh, my kids. God never created the gift of kids for us to stop living the gift of ourselves. Some people just abandoned their whole life. They abandoned their heart. They abandoned their desire. They abandoned who they are. Because they had kids. I, I took my kids rock climbing with me. I took my kids riding mountain bikes. I took my kids surfing. I took my kids, or one kid, hunting. The other one didn't want to put put their hands in the carcass of a hog <laughs> or deer she did play with a dead dove though she played with that dove like it was a toy she wouldn't do that now I don't think please don't, don't, don't take me wrong our, our children are very important priorities in our life all I'm saying here sometimes we use our kids as excuses not to do ourselves It doesn't have to be that way. Our spouses, we use our, our spouses as excuses. If you're married, you need to work with one another about accommodating what matters to each other. At times when I've met with, with, with married couples, that's one of the things I'll say, or I've said. You need to learn to accommodate what matters to each other. So that each of you can live life, dream your dreams, experience who God has created you to be. It can't be all about the husband. It can't be all about the wife. Inside of a marriage, there has to be this this structure and and, and this, this heart and this desire to accommodate what really matters and I emphasize what really matters to accommodate what really matters for each other. My wife has always accommodated what I love to do. Always. She's never had issues with surfing or rock climbing or hunting or riding dirt bikes as long as I wasn't doing something stupid to put myself in the hospital. Which I'd never told her about those times. But uh, I'd never tried to stop her from doing and being what she wanted to do. The missions trips that she she used to go on, we would be be apart weeks at a time. Always tried to accommodate her and her desire. Come on. God's called you to go. God's called you to do. God's created you to be more than you are. The choice is yours. It's not on here, but the title of this talk was Go. God will be with you. God will be with you in wisdom. God will be with you in favor. God will be with you in strength. And God will be with you in supernatural power. All you got to do is go. Amen? Look at someone and say, go. God will be with you. Stand to your feet, please. I know I've gone a little bit longer than I typically go or what I even like to go. not too old to go you're not too old to go you're not the wrong sex to go you're the exact sex God wanted you to be you're not the wrong color to go all colors in God's creation is beautiful and is empowered and favored by God you're not the wrong size to go Tall, short, thick or thin, you're great as you are. It's time to go, Jesus. I just feel that. I, I really don't know what I'm to do right now. It's kind of why I'm hesitating. But I just feel it. I feel it. It's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to go. You got to do. You got to get out. You got to make your life happen. You got to give God a chance to produce, to produce in you, and to produce for you. Amen. Hallelujah. If you want to go this morning, like, like if that's in your heart, man, I need to go. I, it's time to go. I want you to come and just find a place to stand. Don't, not, not kneel. Just find a place to stand here in the front. Just, just come on up. It's time to go. It's time to go. You've been dormant for too long. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Some of you have held on to the past and it has stopped you from going into your future. Some of you have not gone because of your past mistakes. Your past mistakes labeled you in a certain way. And that labeling has haunted haunted you. And that haunt has prevented you from going forward. But if you choose to go in spite of your past, what what will happen is God rearranging who you are as a person. And give it enough time You will not be noticed for your past, but you will be noticed for your present and your future. You just got to go. You just got to give God a chance to rearrange how people see you, what people think of you. What did Moses do? So Moses was a fugitive, and he went back He went back into his past and because he went, God was allowed to change who he was seen as, who he was taken as, who he was looked at as. But it's all because he went, he went in the wisdom and the timing of God and God Changed everything. No longer was he a fugitive, but he was a deliverer. We gotta go. We gotta go. Raise your hands up to the Lord. It's an act of